emergency announcement. Amber has a group show at the Old Bar tonight, uh, Tuesday the 17th of July, called Queer Here, and they are exhibiting, and it'll be a fun time, so come. Sorry. Please do not listen to this episode if you have not seen the movie Circle and desperately want to see it. It's on Netflix. I give it a one out of five. Nice. Cube, I give a, a million out of a million. But seriously, this episode does contain a content warning for uh, the Circle and there's some killing of women and unborn babies talked about, mentions of suicide and mentions of animal cruelty. DIY or Die is recorded on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We would like to acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded and pay respects to Indigenous elders past, present and emerging. Hi everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of DIY or Die, a podcast where Shelley and I talk about DIY, zines, art, gender, music, politics, society and books and just general stuff. stuff. Um, I'm Amber and my pronouns are they slash them. I'm Shelley and my pronouns are she slash her. Today we're going to talk about first, we have some fan questions. The famous. Yes. Um, that we got asked, because I asked people if they had any questions for us, and people sent some in, which is nice. That is nice. I think I sent one in, but it was just how good do we look in that photo. It's true, it's a very cute photo. So I'm not going to say who sent the questions in. Like anonymity? Mm. Mm. Also, I'm a bit sick, so sorry about that. Yeah. How good are cats? Very good. Pretty pretty good. Like, I love cats. Almost the best. Um, I have two cats. And they're both pretty good. Mm, I have two cats and they're both pretty good too. Yeah. Do you, do you have a favourite cat? I think I like Bear, but only because Bear likes me more. Yeah, I have a favourite cat. It's Angela, because I had her first. Mm. So it was like, me and Michael talk about this, how like, um, a parent must have a favourite child. <laughs> and I'm like, it's obviously true, because I have a favourite cat. Yeah, true. It's, it's the oldest one, so it must be my mum's favourite. <laughs> um, then it's, is there one thing that gets you through the day? Love your podcast. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Also, you boy is a gentleness term. Yeah, that's true. Um, one thing that gets me through the day. Knowing that how sad everyone would and disappointed anyone would be in me if I broke my sobriety, which is why I don't break sobriety, mm. and I don't kill myself for like a similar reason. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, it'd be so sad and disappointed in you if you killed yourself." I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed in you. I'd be fucking sad though. Yeah. Also, I'm like, I would miss out on so much stuff. Hmm. I don't really know. Me, Cat, I get myself maybe. through the day. Yeah, that's true. You know? You just have to. At the end of the day, like, yeah, you just have to fucking do it. <laughs> it's hard, though, sometimes. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, sometimes you have really, really good days, and then, like, on a really shit days, you're like, well, I'm not like this all the time. I have some really, yeah, really good days. that's true. Hmm. I feel much better in the summer. Yeah, you said that many times. I know! I maintain it. 
Why are you so cute? That's from my sister. I'm just very cute. Good job. <laughs> I don't have a question, but this is a primo photo. Yeah, that was from me. And it's a good photo. It is a good photo. It's so a, I was standing in front of the, the uh, Keith Haring yes, wall near the tote. I love that mural so much. And we're both like totally cheesing. Yep. That's, the tote's such a fun place and that mural makes it so much better. Mm. What's the best way to come out as non-binary to your family and partner's family? Emma. I didn't oh. have any experience with this. Yeah. It's really hard. Like, I've never... I haven't done it to my family. For me, at least. Like, it seemed like you were hinting at it for a while. In little ways. But then, like, when you told me, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And I think even I asked you, in fact. Yeah. Because I was like, what's going on? Like... But then you didn't have that conversation with Michael. No. You just expected Michael. Michael to know somehow. No, I was like, we were like together and I was just like, I'm non-binary, bye. Mm. No, I, oh, I remember. You didn't say anything to him and then he misgendered you by accident. You're like, I'm they them. And Michael's like, you haven't told me anything. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think like, the best way to do it yeah. would to be actually to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> In the first place. Because at first I was like, I don't have any preferred pronouns mm. and then I was like I, the I, more you I do because being misgendered makes you feel really shit mm. it really makes you feel like people don't consider you a person but I don't know if I'll ever do it to my family like I want to but then like my mum calls me by my sister's name all the time that's what parents do too yeah. and so it's like they won't remember and it's like they'll be confused and my dad sort of doesn't like, know what's going on ever, ever. you don't want to like have the fight sort of if yeah. it doesn't even end up I think changing. they'd be like, No, but like, understand. they'd just be like, not quite understanding. They wouldn't understand. Yeah. And with Michael's family, he was like, do I have to tell my parents? I'm like, no. He's like, good, because they're not going to freaking get it. Yeah. It's just... And like, think about like, your nan and like... Yeah. When I realised it myself, that's all I really needed. Mm. And um, Michael is really good at pronouns and Shelly's really good at pronouns. That's all I really need hmm although i do feel like if you're not sure about a stranger's pronouns just call them they them from yes, the outset that's true. just I like it saves so. everyone you know and then if they correct you it should be no big deal i hate people who are like there's only two genders and they're like fuck off people say that a gender is a social construct and i don't agree with that because there are more like, than two genders. The gender binary. The gender binary is yeah. a construct. Like, there's no such thing as a masculine and feminine things. Like, pink is not a feminine color. Mm. Me wearing a, like wearing a suit is not a masculine thing. Like, there's no gender binary. That mm. does not exist. Like, I really reckon there's no male and female names. Mm. And there's nothing yeah. that doesn't exist. I can do whatever I want. Like, and it's not masculine or feminine. Because I like to call you, myself. You aren't masculine or yeah, feminine. I'm both, I think. Yeah. I'm gender non conforming. I prefer that than non binary. Hmm. When did you both start doing art? I feel like I've always been artistic. Like, even through high school and stuff, I can remember like drawing in class. Like, I did art up to year 10, although I thought I was really bad. And, like, I've always done, like, been involved in, like, choirs and music, and I took music through year 12. But I've only just started considering myself an artist, like, maybe in the last six months, like, or eight months, maybe. Yeah. So, like, I guess it's something I've always done, but 
didn't fully embrace. Like, I remember when I was young, do you remember, like, there's that old printer paper that had, like, the strips yes! down the side with the holes in it? We had, like, a whole box of that, and I just remember, like, every weekend just, like, painting and, like, drawing all over that and then, like, making weird things out of the strips with the perforations and the holes in it. And so, like, it's always something I've done, but, like, consciously seeking it. So, yeah, it's only been, you know, in the past eight months or so. Yeah, I've always done art too, and I never felt like I was good because I never got any encouragement or ever mm. told I was good. I was always told that's not good. Same, yeah. And um, I wrote a song and I told my nan, and she was like, "That's not good." And I remember I was really young too. She mm. was like, "That's that shit." And, and in hindsight, it was shit, but you don't tell a little, little kid, kid that. Yeah. And um, I draw, and then they'd be like, "That looks really stupid." And then I drew when I was in uni and my nan was like, you really shouldn't do that because you're not good. And then like when I really started doing art as a mindfulness exercise, I realized that practice, you have to practice to become good. And a lot of people don't realize that. It's not like you just are like a perfect illustrator or like artist straight off the bat. It's like you have to practice perspective. You have to practice like drawing things to make them look realistic and believable and like even if it's stylized you know i really perfected my style over the past like year Mm. and now i can draw really quick and um before it took me a really long time but yeah now i feel fine about drawing and i feel fine about showing people yeah it really is just practice and like really is yeah if we had been encouraged when we were young (laughs) You know? So same with, like, music and stuff. Like, I always wanted to learn an instrument when I was young, and I was told, like, no, 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 like... They told me I couldn't play saxophone at school because it would be too heavy for me. Mm. They're like, oh, you can't carry it. It's too heavy. Play clarinet instead. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to play stupid clarinet. I was in, I went to band camp in year seven, and I had to do lookout for all the boys who snuck, snuck into the girls' cabin. And I was like, it's cold out here! Yeah. I remember the song I wrote... <laughs> Was yeah. it on, like, piano? No, I just sang it. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. It's a day in May. It's not my birthday. <laughs> Is that what it's called? No, that's just the only line. It's a day in May. It's not my birthday. That's, like, spooky because, like, May is a really cursed month for you. I know. So maybe you knew it. But, like, it rhymed. It's a day in May. It's not my birthday. birthday. Yeah, and she was just like, not. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm sick. Sorry. <laughs> Oh my god. That's really funny. Nah. Yeah. It's like being on the X Factor or something, just being like, Burr. Yeah. I was like six. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I know. I know that's not a good song, <laughs> but still. Uh, advice for mentally ill people struggling to get back into art. If it possible, just force yourself. Like, that's what I always do. Like, if I'm having like a really, like, a really bad, like, art drought. Like, I'll just try and, like, look through my friends' Instagrams until I see a picture, and then I just try and paint the picture. Mm. Or, like, I take a photo of, like, the sunset or something, and, like, even if it's shit, like, it hits you sort of, like, in the creative Mm -hmm. mood. Like, even if it doesn't turn out good, even if, you know, while you're doing it, you're not feeling creative, I feel like the more you practice, the more you, like, help yourself. Your fish is being really still. He does that. Okay. Like, he's not freaking, dead. I know, he's freaking me out, though. I know. He was, like, flopped to the side. My fish is named Yeah Boy. Yeah Boy. Yeah Boy. And uh, he was, like, 
this, like, on the side. And my mum was like, fish is fucking Did dead. Did you feed him a pee? And, no, he's fine. He's just asleep. And I was like, he's not dead. And uh, she's like, he's fucking dead. And I was like, he's not dead. But and look how still he's being. I know. me out. He's sleepy. I really like having a fish because I like watching mm. yeah. swimmies. Yeah, fish are soothing, I think. Yeah. Mm. What about you? I think, like, when I'm struggling, I go out and I have experiences and I see things that give me inspiration. Mm. So, like, when I'm, like, so, like, I go out and I have ideas and I write them in my phone and I come back and I stay in my room for a couple of days and I do all my ideas and do all my drawings. And then I'm like, I have no no more left. Yeah. And it's like, well, you have to go out and get some more. So, like, looking at a tree and I'm like, oh, I have all these ideas. And you go to a gallery or something. Well, like and you the get... botanic gardens or something. Yeah. I love the botanical gardens. And um, you get heaps of more ideas. So it's just having experiences and... Like getting inspiration. Yeah. And um, having ideas and... Yeah, just basically force, kind of forcing yourself to start. Yeah, like, because I find, like, even if it, at the start... It's like, okay, I'm going to sit down and do some art today. It might not feel good, but, like, the more you do it, like, and if you see it as, like, practice... A project And, or like, or, like, daily, something you do, like, not daily, yeah. but, you know, for example, daily, then, like, over time, you're going to get better at it. Or do start with something really easy, like, don't start with, like, I'm going to paint a picture. yeah. Of, like, my street, and it's going to have perspective, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I hate painting, because you get paint everywhere. Yeah. Just be like, okay, I'm going to... Maybe just, like, put some colours down, and, like, mush it around, yeah, and, like, like make abstract art. Pastels and... or something. Yeah. Make a zine. I love zines. That's true. Who are your favourite artists? Well, we sort of talked about this last week, mm. but, like, what did I say? Like, Klimt, I like Georgia O'Keeffe. I like Georgia O'Keeffe. Mon, you... I like abstract art, but I don't know any abstract artists, <laughs> really. Mm. Like, I like Rothko. Rothko's my favorite, pretty much my favorite artist. Um, who is your favorite person? That's from my sister, too. <laughs> I wonder who you're supposed to say. <laughs> um, my favorite person is my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Michael's my favorite person. I don't really have a favourite person, like... I think Michael is... Like... I said it to him yesterday, like, he's like... My favourite food is scones and jam and cream. He's like the person version of jam and scones and cream. Michael is? Yeah. Mm. For our um, sixth anniversary, he made me a zine. Yes, <laughs> he said that to me too. It was really cute. Um... I think I have, like, a group of favourite people, but I don't have a favourite person. Yeah, I'm not... Shelly doesn't even consider me her best friend. Yeah, I consider myself to have lots of best friends. Boo. You're my best friend. Um, isn't Michael your best friend? I have many best friends. Oh, there you go. I know, I'm a hypocrite. You're my best, best, best friend. Do you have any specific goals for the podcast, or are you happy to see where it takes you? Smiley face. I think I'm happy to see where it takes us. I would eventually like to outsource the payment for, like, hosting. That's about my goals. <laughs> yeah. I think that... Like, having guests on. I like having guests on. Mon was really great. We plan to have more guests in the future. Yeah, a lot of people want to be guests. Because we're famous. Because we're very lovable. I think my goal was... Okay, like... 
I really think that my views are mainstream views, mm. but I don't think they are. Yeah. And it's like, people, like, Michael's like, they're not mainstream views. And then I'm like, I don't look at news. But when I do, it's like, clearly they're not, because, like, straight up on Channel 7, it's like transphobic shit. Oh, yeah, and African gangs. Yeah, I know. shit about that, it's disgusting. And I'm like, but that's not right. Yeah. And so I guess we start, I think we started the podcast so we could, like, express our own views and, like, hope to get our points across and, like, make them mainstream if yeah. we had enough listeners, which we'd have to get, like, Hundreds we'd have to get, thousands. like, as popular as, like, Fox FM or whatever, <laughs> which is the goal, obviously. We're going to become the new... Smash them. Early morning hosts on... DJ. Yeah. On whatever fucking popular There's channel a... is. I'd be on those one of those freaky billboards that I see all the time. Yeah, they're always like, ah! and um, <laughs> you guys know exactly what we mean by that. Yeah, and I like I think me and Shelley we have points of view that are important, mm. and we have. I feel like often being surrounded by the people that we are surrounded by, it definitely feels like yeah. we have mainstream views. But when you like just step out of that. Box. Bubble. Yeah, we're really in a bubble. I'm really in a bubble. Cause like, it's nice, though, because, like, it's yeah. so nice to have, like, a safe, warm community of, like, friends who are, like, creative and stuff. But then, yeah, like, when I hang out with other people, it's just like, oh, hang on. Like, because, you know, I like I have views, like, everyone should buy secondhand clothing. Everyone should recycle. You shouldn't support, like, places where they make sweatshop Don't clothes. Don't people faggot when they walk down the street. Yeah, but uh, I was having a conversation with one of my friends about that once, and they were like, oh, well, <laughs> it makes you feel hopeless. Like, what's the fucking point of, like, you can't, you just feel, like, so immobilized by everything. And I'm like, you just do it anyway. <laughs> like, so I, and like, you know, they're not, I wouldn't call them, like, the Nova type. You know what I mean? Like, they're not at that extreme. So even people who are not that far outside of my bubble, bubble yeah, still my views aren't mainstream to them yeah. i guess so like there's people who would be like oh mentally ill people are a, cur- a burden on, on, society. on society and people who are on centrelink mm. or all doll bludgers and all people who are alcoholics yeah they shouldn't be able to why don't they just not drink i know <laughs> like current affair views mm-hmm. so it's like even though like we don't have the platform yeah we're, we're trying to it. build our own yeah. platform also, it was like a real trying achievement. Like, look at what we can do. DIY. We have our own podcast yeah. now. And it's something that we're sticking to. And I'm proud of us for doing it. And I'm enjoying doing it. Yeah. Also, just with everything I do art-wise and everything, I wanted to help people and show people that there's other people who relate to them. That's true. Mental illness and all that. Because, like, if there was someone like me when I was struggling, I would have felt better. Hmm. Same. How did you two meet? Shelly and I are not gay lovers. Yeah, everyone thinks that. A lot of people think that. Because Michael said it's because I'm so mean to him, but I say such nice things about (laughs) Shelly. Yeah, you made that graffiti at the Night Heron. Yeah. That was like, Shelly is nice and has a lot of appealing qualities. Well, I want Shelly to get a partner. Like I do. Michael is my partner. We've been together for six years. So war graffiti will achieve my goal of having a partner. (laughs) (laughs) Me and write that as a joke. Not as a joke. Wow. <laughs> I see how it is. I remember me and Mon wrote that. And then I also did a big giant mirror. I know. That was fun. 
Oh, we met through a mutual friend. Yeah, we played D&D. Like, that's the first time we met. Yep. And then, like, we're at Lauren's birthday party and... We were both, like, like, fucked up, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, because I was coming off that really bad episode. I was just, um, like, super hot and, like, fainty. I think I had my period. I was just dying. I had to go, like, lie down inside. Yeah. And, um, I was like to Shelly, I'm an alcoholic. And Shelly's like, I got really drunk. And then we're like, we're besties now. (laughs) I don't even remember, like, specifics, but. And then we just were friends. Yeah, and then, like, I think with Michael and I starting the band, like, it gave us a lot more cause to, like, hang out. And then we were both, like, mental illness, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. we had a lot of things in common about that. That's true. It was really nice. I like having friends who can you can relate to. Mm. Do you ever feel that your art is not sometimes not good enough in those quotes quote marks? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> like I just did an art a thing yesterday, I'm like, this is fucking shit. Mm. But I still finished it. So like I, I was liked it. I was just gonna stop, but like I think yeah, and that's like going back to the like, how do you get yourself out of an art slump? It's like just fucking finish things. Like even if you think they're shit, like mm-hmm. it helps to see something finished. And even if it's not good, you can look at it and say like, okay, well, what can I do better next time? Yeah, I often finish stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is finished, and then I put it away, and then I pull it out like a couple of days later, and I redo it, and it looks better. Yeah, like I add something different or just refine it, and mm-hmm. it looks better. I feel like a lot of my art's not good enough, but you have to, like, fight through it. That's true. And, of course, practicing. How do you get things done, i.e. starting creative projects and then actually finishing them? Talk to Bino. I go through manic, like, hypermanic episodes. True. And I'm like, I'm going to finish this zine today! That's what always happens when I make my zines, is, like, I always finish it in, like, two hours. Yeah, I know. I was like, okay, I get really fixated. I'm today, bye. And then I, like, literally have to, and I'm, like, sitting there, and I've sort of back and a headache, and I haven't eaten, and I'm like, I have to finish this today! <laughs> that's probably not, like, the healthy approach, though. I know, definitely not. But it does help you get shit done. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's the one good thing about it. Also, like, I always feel good when I'm, like, almost finished a project. Like, mm. a zine, I'm like... I feel really good because I have something to do. Yeah. And then and when I finish it, I'm like, accomplish something. Yeah. And then I'm like, now I feel shit because I have nothing to work on. Yeah. But I definitely feel like, yeah, how you see things through to completion is just like, yeah, the more you work on it, the closer you are to being done. Mm. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm doing things. I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And then I'm done. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> it's done now. So like that maybe it looks better, like, you know, than before. So our topic, our main topic for this episode is controversial. It is controversial, and I felt like a bit dicey talking about it, but I stand by that. It's why we're not vegan. So you're um, not vegan, Shelley. <gasps> oh my god, are you vegan? I've been secretly vegan this whole time. <laughs> You've been lying to me. This is a trap. I, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I think veganism is good, and it's an admirable goal. And that I want to support people being vegan. I think it's really great. But there are people who can't be vegan for many reasons. Like for mental health reasons or for medical reasons. For, you know, they might have chronic fatigue and they can't, you know, they might rely on meal service delivery. They might be people, you know, with eating disorders and stuff like that. So for a lot of people, being completely vegan isn't just isn't feasible. Yeah. I also think that you going, I'm vegan, doesn't inherently make you a better person than anybody else. Mm. So, And also, 
yeah, like we want to have this discussion, but also acknowledge that like there are very clear ethical reasons for being vegan. Like it's unethical to you know exploit animals and like keeping them in all those little cages and hurting them and stuff is is not right. Mm. Like like obviously we don't go hunting and we don't poach. Yeah, we don't take pleasure in being. We don't freaking steal ivory or whatever the non vegans. <laughs> you know what I mean, but. And we both abstain from buying certain makeup products and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, and I shop at Lush. True. Emma's making faces. You can't see them. But I think that we should believe and support people when they say they cannot maintain a vegan diet for health reasons without them having to like disclose personal sensitive medical information just to justify why. Yeah. Like you should just believe people. Like, when they say I'm, I'm, I can't be vegan because of my illness, you should go, why? What illness? Yeah. That's rude. It is rude. For this, I read a few blogs and stuff like that, and I read this one on the veganfeministnetwork.com, is veganist ableist a disabled vegan perspective? And I think that's a really good read, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, but they said something to the effect of, like, veganism should be about doing the least harm and the most good. So, like, that's, like, the least harm to yourself as well. So, if you can't change your diet, you should change other things in your life. Like, the products you consume, the clothing, the makeup, the shampoo, conditioner, you know. Toothbrush, bamboo, toothbrushes. Everything else, you know, you should try and change. I agree with that. All the makeup that's tested on animals, you can find lists on the internet. It's just because it's easy to buy and accessible because it's at the supermarket and stuff and just because it's cheaper than others. But I feel like it's worth the extra money and extra time to buy stuff that is cruelty-free. Yeah. And I've definitely seen... And it's usually seen... it's just better for your skin and better for your skin tone. Yeah. I've definitely seen, like, heaps of, like, drugstore mm. products that are cruelty-free. What's it called? Like, essential? There's, like... The Elf? Yeah, I think, I think Elf is cool. And it's really cheap and it's at Kmart now. Yeah. And it's all really good products, like. Um, and when we're talking about this, like, I also want to think about, like. This is important meal prepping. Yeah, it's like a lot of vegans say, well, it's easy if you just meal prep, but, like, a lot of people with disabilities, like chronic fatigue or. I can't meal prep. Mobility issues, or, like, they don't have access to a space that's, like, convenient for them to meal prep. I can't meal prep because I can't do anything prep i'm mm. just like cereal and it's hard for people to plan in advance and like we i think we talked about a bit like that with executive dysfunction like, yeah like yeah that's what i get it makes me it really hard for people to plan ahead and then there's yeah the literal physical reasons why someone can't so you don't have the energy to meal prep yeah and like yeah, meal prepping makes it a lot easier. But some people can't stand there, like stand up for three hours, and yeah, like, like even you, like you go to the grocery store, actually buy the proper food. I can't do that. And then there's so like go buying to the grocery in store bulk. And I'm like, Ooh, what do I buy? And then buying in bulk too. Like a lot of people can't; they don't have access to enough money mm. to prep for really big meals in advance. You know. And for me, like I was when I moved into the house. I live out now. I had different housemates, and we would all cook and eat together, and they were both vegetarians. So I was, like, a vegetarian for, like, six months. But as soon as I start 
restricting what I eat, I start falling back into really unhealthy eating patterns. And like, that's definitely something I need to work on. Like personally, I need to work through, but I think you're the same, but it's just hard for me to eat anything at all. Some days, like some days, like I just can't bring myself to eat and it's really hard. It's the depression. But, and stay like motivated to eat. And sometimes I'll cook and then I'll like, I'll take a bite to eat and I'll just feel revolted and disgusted. And like, that's definitely a personal issue I need to work on. But I do want to like trans, like, what do you call it? Transition back into being a vegetarian. But yeah, it's just really hard currently. And it's hard, I think, because with my old housemates, like, we'd all cook together and, like, we'd pretty much cook five nights a week together and we'd cook a big meal enough for everyone. But with my roommates now, that's just not, like, how it is. Which is sad because it's really hard to, like, cook for one person and especially, like, you know, when you're trying to cook a stir-fry or something, it's like, well, do you put, like, a quarter of a carrot in a stir-fry? You know what I mean? You know, it's hard to... It's just hard. And... I do feel encouraged by the amount of, like, products there are nowadays, like, meat replacement products and, um, you know, just, like, the stuff in the health food aisle and the vegan aisle has increased a lot. And I know that because my sister um, has IBS and she got she had to eat low FODMAP and a lot of that is, like, you can't have cheese and stuff. And when she was starting out, like, five years ago or something, there was, like, nothing. Like, she couldn't mm. find any dairy replacements. And now there's so much variety. And I know part of that's because we live in Melbourne, but it just makes me feel really encouraged to, in the future, become, like, transaction transition back into a vegetarian. But also, like, a lot of the most common replacement things in, like, those sort of vegan foods are, like, soy and nuts and wheat, which a lot of, like, are, like some of the main allergies. They're the highest allergies. Like, so many people are allergic to soy, and, you know, it's like it's not like you just eat tofu, but it's those things that make it easier to be a vegetarian, to be a vegan. And if you already have to limit your diet, yeah, it's hard to... So I don't eat unless someone physically makes me eat. I just don't think about it. Or I'm like, I'm hungry. I don't have any energy to eat. Mm. I'd probably get energy if I did eat. It's like you can't get out of bed, so mm. how can you eat? <sighs> yeah when I was vegetarian I was vegetarian for like 14 years it was hard and then I stopped and then I tried to get back into it but then I just got really sick you did because get really sick, yeah. I wasn't eating anything barely because you were yeah, restricting had, I, yeah because like my already very minimal diet because we don't have a lot of money was even worse yeah and, like, before we started recording, we were talking about this, about, like, how you were, like, I have to eat red meat. Mm. And, like... The doctor literally was like, yeah. do you eat enough red meat? Do you take... I take iron tablets, but... but every I, time I go in there, I lost more and more weight. And it's, like, the pills that I'm on as well. Yeah. But I feel like for you, like, because you guys don't have a lot of money to spend on food, like, the easiest way for you to get iron is through red meat like whereas it's possible to be a vegan and to get iron from other sources like nuts and spinach and like leafy greens but that's a whole lot more effort yeah. and you have like how many people living here like sometimes six sometimes is that right six or six. seven yeah you know and you have a lot of animals too so you know it works out to be cost effective because you're poor 
Like, yeah. It's another thing. It's just like people say, oh, it's cheap to be a vegan. It's I like, think it's expensive to be a vegan. It's cheap to be a vegan if all you eat is beans and rice, but that's not. Like, when I was buying replacement meat from like corn and stuff, it's like expensive for me. Yeah, but you can make other meals, you know, you can. Because it was like seven bucks for four sniffles and I'm like that's too expensive because I have medication to buy yeah but like I definitely feel like yeah that that is what makes it really easy and accessible to be a vegan is those replacement meats and stuff and it's definitely possible to be a vegan without that stuff Mm. but it takes a lot more effort and it takes more prep and yeah I don't have any skill it takes more skill like to you know and even just having people around you who are vegetarian, who are vegan, and telling you recipes Yeah, like, if my stuff. whole family was vegan, I would be vegan. Yeah. I don't... I don't eat a lot of meat. No, me either. I, but then I don't eat a lot of anything. I eat a lot of cereal. Pretty much the only... It's so easy to make. Pretty much the only meat I eat is chicken and tuna. Like, I don't even make toast, because I'm like, oh, I have to put it in the toaster, and then I have to hang around the toaster, and then I have mm. to butter it, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. So, it's just a depression, man. Basically, like, we want to talk about if you're not vegan, what, what can, you, can do you do to reduce your impact? We're all very, like, a lot of our DIY ethos is about reducing our footprint, carbon yeah. footprint or whatever. Yeah. But, like, yeah, if you can't make the change to become vegan, it's not helpful or sustainable for people just to be like, you need to be vegan, everyone needs to be vegan, blah, 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 blah. But, like, if you can't be completely vegan, you can cut down on the amount you eat meat products and dairy products. So, yeah, so it's if everyone cuts down on their meat consumption, if everyone cuts down on their... Once I was on the... I was on the tram and I saw people eating cat food That's out of right. a bag. And it was kibble, right? It was like fancy this, yeah. feast. Kibble. It was horrible. Me and this old man, we looked at each other and I was like, I'm going to gag. And he was like, oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Why are they doing this? It was horrible. Like, get a loaf of bread, man. You don't have to eat fancy feast. Emma's was very distressed by that. It was horrible it was awful on the other hand i have seen cats in prams and i like that Mm. that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about though i know but i just like cats i guess if you're worried about like not getting your vitamins or whatever it's like almost every cereal nowadays every bread nowadays is mandated that they have to fortify it with vitamins so you're probably fine um and lots of people, like, aside from the obvious ethical reason of becoming vegan because you don't think that we should exploit animals, a lot of people become vegan because they like, oh, well, like, CO2, it's bad for the environment, blah, 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 blah. Which it is, but if you're one person being, like, very, very militant about something and trying to force everyone else to become vegan, you often alienate people. And I've, like, have, I have friends who are vegans. <laughs> I, like, know a lot of people who are vegan who are, like, fine about it. And I think the best way to, like, reduce your overall impact is, yes, encourage people to become vegan, but also just have open conversations with them about, you know, the steps they can take in small ways so that eventually they can transition to being vegan or vegetarian instead of just trying to force people. Yeah, just completely change it. Yeah. I feel like you really have to do it in steps mm. and people think you have to do it, boom, straight away, yeah. but you don't. 
And, like, it's definitely this way for, like, I know for dieting, like, if you are doing something that is completely different from what you always do, like, in regards to dieting and weight loss, is, like, most people don't stick to it. Like, that's a scientific fact, is that if you make a big change all at once, most people don't stick to it. Not to say that there aren't people who have gone cold turkey vegans and don't stick to it, but... I went cold turkey alcohol. Yeah. But in terms of... great! In terms of diet and stuff. Um, so just, you have to be patient with people. And, like, some people can't be vegan. You just have to learn to deal with that. And, like, we were saying this before the podcast, too, but people who are, like, really one way, like, or the other really freak me out. Like, I had known people who were like, I'm a carnist. God gave us animals to eat. And it's our God-given right to eat animals. Blah. And they really freak me out. Ugh. And then the people who are like, Meat is murder, blood mouth, blah, you have to be vegan. They really freak me out too. But I think that's just because I like to, like, consider all sides. The grey yeah. of things. Yeah. There's a spectrum. Yeah. Everything's on a spectrum. Think of the spectrum of life. Of gender. Of the universe. That's going to be my... New zine. Autobiography. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah, and if you are... Not going to be vegan. Like I mentioned before, I eat a lot of chicken. Well, I don't eat a lot of chicken, but chicken is the meat that I eat the most often. And that's because it um, has a lot less of an environmental impact than cows or sheep. Because cows or sheep, they use a lot of water and you have to feed them a lot of grain, which you grow just to feed the cows and sheep. And the same thing is true for chicken, but because they're such smaller animals, they require a lot less water. They require a lot less food. And they can be raised intensively, but that's sort of also gross and distasteful to think about, like, factory farming chicken. But in Australia, I feel like the regulations for livestock are a lot better than in the US, for example. And when you think purely of environmental impact, you have to think about sourcing food locally, because this is why also I hate plastic bottles, bottled water, which we haven't talked about yet, but it's like a pet peeve of mine, Mm. is that, like they're using stuff to ship bottled water halfway around the world when we can get fucking free municipal water from our tap especially in countries like australia and the u.s and the uk like we have perfectly good municipal water that's basically free to drink and using gas and petroleum and fuel to ship things halfway around the world isn't sustainable So if you're thinking about eating solely vegan products, like a lot of avocados, they come from Mexico and they're not um, locally sourced. Like there are Australian avocados, but the arable land in Australia can't keep up with the amount of avocados we want to eat. So if you're going to eat meat, if you're going to eat beef, try and source it from a local area where you know that the farming is good and that they treat their animals humanely and that they slaughter them humanely rather than like getting pomegranates shipped from India or, like, goji berries shipped from China, or quinoa shipped from Bolivia, because, like, a lot of those health food crazes that sort of sweep through Western culture has an impact on the people of the local population who has eaten that food for a long time. Like, I know with quinoa, the local, like, communities are being priced out of their staples, and I looked it up, and apparently in Bolivia, which is, like, the number one grower of quinoa, the national consumption has decreased 34% in the past five years because they can't afford to eat their own staple. And you can get, like, amaranth and you can get farro and stuff that's grown in Australia and is really nutritionally similar and it doesn't have to be shipped from Bolivia. 
yeah, again, there's better livestock regulations in Australia than a lot of the world. And even fruits and vegetables, like Australia has better regulations regarding pesticides, regarding paying conditions for agricultural workers than much of the world. And I know that because my parents grow fruit. This is a really good good book about pesticides. Mm-hmm. It's called Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. It was published in 1962, but it's pretty much been in print print since mm. then. And like a quote from it's like, what we have to face is not an occasional dose of poison which has accidentally got into some article of food, but a persistent and continuous poisoning of the whole human environment. Yep, it's true. Like that's why there was like a lot of panic over DDT because when malaria was really bad, they'd just spray DDT everywhere because it killed um, the mosquitoes. But now they're looking back and DDT stays in the soil and it stays in the environment and it's, like, really bad for you. It's like, there's, like, an X-Files episode about pesticides. Mm. I think it gave some kids psychic powers. Cool. (laughs) If only that were true. But they were like, or they were like, the government's spying on you through pesticides or doing something to this community because of the... Yeah, I think it was a psychic powers thing. Mm. X-Files was really not good. I said it. Um, When I was in uni, I was like 19 or 20, I wrote, I took an ethics class and I wrote an essay about how it's unethical for animals to be vegan, vegetarian, Mm. which it is. Yeah. When animals are relying on you for their well-being. Their food. Like, you can't, (laughs) you can't give them vegan food. Yeah. Because they won't thrive. Yeah, and also babies being vegan, I don't think oh, yeah. you can do that either. Well, if you think about it, like, breast milk isn't vegan, really. Yeah. And that's the best, you know, if you can breastfeed, you should breastfeed because it has a lot of stuff in there that's really good for babies and it's, like, perfectly formulated for babies. You know? It's like you, your animal can't... Say, like, hey, guys, I'm going to make the conscious decision to help the planet and be vegan. They're like, no, I need these certain vitamins that are in meat. And also, I like fish because I'm a cat. Yeah, and... Garfield puffed lasagna! What's in lasagna? He didn't like vegetarian lasagna. If you want an animal that's vegan, get a guinea pig or a bunny rabbit or... What's in goldfish food? Goldfish food smells. It's probably not vegan. I feel like it's meat-based. Yeah. Although maybe it's like algae and stuff, but then do you consider algae alive? Because it is an organism. Yeah. I don't know. Who's to say? Who is to say? I got really high marks for that essay in my ethics class. I was always good at ethics because they were like, oh, if you had to torture someone for information that could save a lot of people, would you do it? And what were you like? I was like, I think I said no, I wouldn't torture Hmm. one person to save a lot. It's like the trolley problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if there's a lot of people? What if you know the person? Like, or the cave one where it's like, someone's uh, blocking a cave and it's a fat person and all these people are going to drown. Like, do you use a stick of dynamite to blow them up? It was really grim. It was primary school. <laughs> and then, it's primary school. Jesus. We're talking, like, you know how kids tell shit stories? So it's like, yeah, the scenario is like, you're in a cave. Why is she trying to pull fat? Person. And then it's like, well, what if it was a pregnant person? Would you blow her up then to mm. save the other 12 people in the room? You know? It's like that movie Circle where there's like all these people and they're like gonna die because of aliens. And this guy, I'm gonna spoil the movie Circle, it's on Netflix. And this guy like manipulates everyone 
like there's a pregnant woman, a kid, and old people and young people and all this shit. And he manipulates everyone, so he's a survivor. And then like he leaves at the end and he's surrounded by all these pregnant people and kids. Why? Because everyone let the pregnant people and kids survive. They're like, okay, I can I can step back and let the pregnant people and kids. I understand that their lives are more important than mine. But this one guy was like, fuck you, I'm gonna survive. Fuck you guys. Fuck this pregnant bitch. Fuck this, <laughs> fuck this little kid. Fuck you, little kid. Is that what he said? Basically, he was like, oh, uh, everyone's against you. I'm going to help you. So just just listen to me and ever you'll survive, little kid. And then he's like, bonk, kill the little kid. Bonk, kill the pregnant person. Kill the baby in her belly. Oof. Then he's like, Zoya. That movie was messed up. And I only watched it because they said it was like Cube. Cube was better. Another controversial opinion by Amber. So for our next segment, we wanted to do finally bringing it back to DIY. To DIY. Nice. And so like we wanted to talk a little bit about specific DIY stuff, but we also wanted to talk like a little bit about our ethos. And I we're writing <laughs> a manifesto at the moment, but we're not done. But we'll talk about like a few points. Manifestos get a bad rap, but I feel like because like, communism. And because of like crazy people. Mm. But, like, the artists in the manifesto have been around since, like, futurism, which is, like, Mm. the 1800s. They're all, like, they made sense. The futurist manifesto was weird. Mm. They're like, we should burn all the galleries. And I'm like, really, dude? But I think our manifesto is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so I think when we do it, we'll release it as a scene or something. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. Mm. But, yeah, so... What do you like about DIY, Emma? Um, I like the fact that DIY empowers you to seek knowledge rather than waste money on problems that you can just fix yourself. Mm-hmm. One of my main pet peeves is when people ask me how I did something. When I figured out how to do it by Googling it, and I'm like, why can't you just Google it? Hmm. Can you think of anything specific? Like, how did you figure out how to Print. do this thing on Instagram? Mm. And I'm like, there's the button right there. They're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, but I figured it out. So you can freaking figure Like Linktree. Yeah. How did you get a Linktree, Amber? Googled I just Googled it. Linktree. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I still also think like... Like yeah. obviously that's not DIY. But like stuff like... Or like figuring out how to print zines because they're all fucked up. Like yeah, like, how you have like to I had them. to make my own templates. Yeah. And like planting my plants and, um, you know, learning how to fix hole in the wall which I didn't do very well but I still did it myself mm. and like stuff around the house and stuff where some people like my mom is like oh I need help from dad and it's like no yeah. you can do it yourself yeah, you don't I need agree. anyone to help you especially not a man that's true <sighs> yeah and also I like, don't need help from any man hell yeah and uh, your boy your boy yeah, and also, like, the point of DIY is to do things, to complete projects, to teach yourself how to do things, and, like, learn how to do things. And, like, yeah, we started this podcast because we wanted to do it, and, like, we did it ourselves with equipment I already had, and I've had this microphone for, like, five or six years, which is why it's a bit shit, but, like, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. And, like, we made the artwork by itself, and I looked up, like, how do I host a podcast? How do I put it on iTunes? Like, I didn't need anyone's help for that. Nope. And, like, look at us now. We have five regular monthly listeners. 
I don't know. I think it's a bit more than that. But People that, like, I didn't expect to listen to our podcast listen to our podcast. Yeah. And, yeah, it makes you feel good. And it's like, oh, you know. And even, like, editing the podcast, it's like, you know, I taught myself how to do that. DIY really encourages self-expression and self-achievement. Mm. And self-achievement makes you feel good about yourself. That's true. That's why I like DIY. Same. I really like to, like, I don't like to rely on anyone for help. And especially with zines, I like, because I like the complete control of zines, Mm -hmm. that I'm like my own little self-publishing house. And they're like mini books. Yeah. And I can make as many or as little as I want, and I have no pressure from anybody else. I love that. Yeah, true. So I'm going to talk about my herb garden, because this is my little DIY project Mm. that I'm talking about this episode. Shelly's really good at propagating plants. So I was really inspired to do plants. Because Shelly's like, you know, don't buy plants, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to grow some. Especially seedlings. Yeah. If you buy a punnet of like six or eight seedlings, it could be like six or seven or eight dollars. And like, I always say this, but the only thing, like the bigger the plant is, the only thing you're paying for is time. Yeah. And like everyone has time. So I buy my seeds from the reject shop because they're really cheap. You can go to Daiso, but the reject shop is cheaper because mm. everything from Daiso is $2.80 and the reject shop is like $1.60. Mm. So that's cheaper. Math is overrated. <laughs> um, so I grow most of mine from, from seed and it's a real achievement when you see them growing. Like I, like, I go to Michael's on the weekend, I come back and they've grown and mm. I'm like, wow. I've got parsley. Yeah, your parsley's doing really well. Are these bees? I don't remember what anything is. I know I have catnip somewhere. Mm. And I'm trying to grow some lavender. Lavender's notoriously hard to grow. Yeah. I get to... I think this is catnip. Mm. And I just like really... I really like plants. Plants make me really happy. I love going to the botanical gardens because it's so beautiful. Yeah. But being around nature and having nature in my room... Makes you makes feel me better. feel better. And so like... I, I had spaghetti, my mum made me spaghetti the other day and I put my own parsley on it. Mm. Like, that was nice. Mm. And it was like, today I freaking did something. I ate something that I grew myself from seed. Yeah. I also have a monstera plant that's doing really well. I think another um, really good little herb to grow is nasturtium. And if you know me personally, I can give you nasturtium seeds. But the reason they're good is because they're completely edible. So, like, they're the little round ones. But, like, people who don't know, they're, like, sort of roundish and they have, like, yellow and orange flowers. They're... Just Google it. They're completely edible. They're part of the radish family. So they're, like, a little bit spicy, but not, like, hot, hot spicy. But they contain heaps of, like, iron and vitamin C and they're really good for you. And they're also ornamental plants. So they're beautiful. And they grow so easy. Like, um, I have a couple of bunches that have just been out the back of my house for ages. Like, I don't know where they come from. And they die off, but they propagate in winter. And when like they come to the end of their life and they're dying off they drop a bunch of seeds mm-hmm. so at the end of every season i just collect up all these seeds and i have like a whole jar full of seeds and then like i just spread them i spread them out the front this year and they're all popping up and growing then and you can grow them in pots too so and you can get the seeds from bunnings and stuff but once you have a nasturtium plant you can seed save and continually grow seeds every year yep. herbs for me was always a hobby and i was always like i can't grow herbs and I was like, why the fuck not? And so I read a book about herbs. Mm-hmm. I just really like herbs. Yeah. I like that they can do all this stuff. Like, they don't only taste good, but they can, like, 
heal you and stuff, man. Yeah. You can use them for all these medicinal purposes. I really wanted to grow chamomile so I could make my own chamomile tea. I made peppermint tea out of my own peppermint. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is the best thing in the world because I made my own peppermint. Yeah. It really makes me feel good. I was like, who's got the green thumb now? Fucking someone with a green thumb? <laughs> Shelly. Ah, <laughs> Shelly! Fuck you, Shelly. <laughs> I love peppermint tea. What are you working on right now? Last time we talked about how I was doing a sky of Westwood's Grey. I finished that. looks sort of like shit. I liked it. Then yesterday, it's just because I'm bad at perspective and I need to practice, but the sky bit turned out okay, but like then all my houses and stuff were super fucked up. But I just did a zine yesterday called uh, I Have Some Thoughts. And it's just some thoughts. Is it online in your shop? It will be, yeah. Nice. Probably be like three or four bucks. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But put it in sticky. That's, yeah, my most recent project. And then Mon. I have to put some stuff in sticky. My friend Mon, who was on the podcast last episode, gave me all this cardboard and paper and stuff from their work. And so I, like, gessoed a couple of pieces of cardboard so, like, it's ready to paint on. And the zine I made, I made all out of those pieces of paper they gave me. So. Recycling. Nice. What about you? Um... I have a lot of ideas, but I haven't started on anything. The zine that I just finished, that's in my shop. Hmm. Um, I did some watercolors yesterday for my sister, because my sister's been in hospital. She had an operation. She's fine. And um, just my zine workshop. I'm going to be in an exhibition next week hmm? called Queer here at the Old Bar on, on Tuesday. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll try and release this in the morning so yeah. people can know. Uh, Infoghost is playing. Yeah, sick. And also, do I have anything to plug? Not yet. Oh, Rachel. Rachel's Yeah, that's right. Rachel's going to be in it. Rachel Morley, our friend. I like Rachel. With their beautiful, beautiful collages. Mm Mm-hmm. I love the stuff she's been doing recently. Me too. Yeah. I don't think I have anything to plug. Just follow me on Instagram at Shelley Smith Poetry and follow my band at Way Shit Band. We have some gigs and stuff coming up that are unannounced, but should be really exciting. And we might have a music video coming out soon. Oh, that would be really exciting because it's such a good video. Yeah. Also, I'm in it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's coming soon, but nothing is announced yet. But it's going to happen. Woo! And you can follow Amber. Yeah, I'm Amber is Blue on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter. Follow and... Amber on Twitter. It's a wild ride. <laughs> and Etsy and... Nice. Good one. Good one, Amber. Bye. Oh, I remember the track where we were like this. And then Michael's like, you can't have that on the podcast because it's official jokes. But we're like this. And trying to roll our eyes up in the back of our head. I can't remember that. No? no. Like the Undertaker from wrestling? Uh, vaguely. And we're like, oh. No, I can't neither of us could do it. <laughs> this was before we started our podcast. Oh, okay.